everybody. Welcome back to the Virtually Analog Podcast. Uh, we're dropping on your podcast feed twice in one week, this time with an absolutely wonderful interview I'm really excited for you guys to hear. Last episode, Matt and I talked at length about Games Done Quick, a charity organization that puts on events showcasing the speedrunning community. I won't go too deep into it again, go listen to that if you haven't already, but to sum it up, a speedrun is a playthrough of a video game performed with the intention of completing it as fast as possible. The speedrunning community has grown exponentially in the past 10 years. They stream their playthroughs, they have forums and discords where they chat and discuss strategies, and website leaderboards where they try to break each other's world records. Twice a year, the community comes together to put on a week-long event where speedrunners play through all sorts of different classic and modern video games, usually with commentators, also known as The Couch, explaining exactly what they're doing. It's unbelievably fun to watch, and the organization has raised over $27 million in the past 10 years, all going to various charities such as Doctors Without Borders or the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Awesome Games Done Quick just wrapped up this past Sunday, and one of the most hilarious and memorable moments was when a speedrunner named Pale dumped a bag of Doritos all over himself. Why did he do this? Let's find out together. Hey, Pale, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was it was so cool to see you run Turok at this year's Awesome Games Done Quick. Uh, Turok was a game I never played myself. All I knew about it was that you hunted dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. And um, I thought that was awesome, but I never really got into it myself. Can you explain the premise of the game and what you're trying to do in it? Yeah, for sure. So um, Turok actually goes back to the 50s. It started as a comic book series. My knowledge of that is pretty lackluster, so I'll just gloss over all of that. But uh, the first video game came out in 97, Turok Dinosaur Hunter. The main kind of simple lore I can give is that Turok takes place in an area called the Lost Land. And I kind of think of the Lost Land as a kind of gap in space and time or like a, a pit at the bottom sort of that can collect different times and fragments of different universes. And we play as Talset. Uh, Talset is his name. Turok is his title. And Turok, he guards the barrier between this lost land and Earth. And throughout the game, we are just trying to collect keys so we can get to the final eighth level and kill the campaigner, who is trying to merge the two worlds together to evil reasons. Sure, sure. Seems, uh, yeah, seems like a standard video game from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's very straightforward before. <laughs> Um, so, so what, what, what's the significance of Doritos in, in Turok? A, a, a clip of you dumping Doritos all over yourself, got a crazy amount of views and even did pretty well on Reddit. Like what, what, what was that? What was the significance of that? And what inspired you to do that? Well, I mean, it's in game. It's really simple. It's just, um, you know, in Mario, you collect a hundred coins, get an extra life or Sonic or, you know, many, many other game series. In Turok, instead of coins, it's these golden triangles. And in our community, of course, that became Doritos over time. <laughs> and, um, you know, dumping the Doritos on myself, it was just an, an idea that came to me. And I said, you know what? Do you want to be the guy who goes for it or the guy who regrets not going for it? So I, uh, so, so I went for it, man. <laughs> It was it was hilarious. I had I had a buddy of mine uh, watching it with me. We, we, we he lives in New York, so we weren't 
together together but i was i told him hey so you know th this dude i know is is running this game you should check it out and after that scene we were both like oh my god did you just see that like on <laughs> on the floor laughing it was it was hilarious um and and so you you dumped the the doritos on yourself um because you got knocked off by uh was it melvin was the name marvin marvin Mar marvin yeah so marvin marvin ended up making you lose a life which actually ended up giving you a game over if that's if i yep. remember correctly and yep. uh yep. and so um yeah like were you expecting that were you expecting to do this run flawlessly or were you kind of you had obviously you had the Doritos bag ready, so did you have multiple Doritos bags for oh, multiple? Oh, there were more Doritos behind it. Don't <laughs> worry about that. I have Doritos. Sure. Um, you know, it's hard to say. I, I didn't know what to expect because you know, as everyone says, and it's kind of a GDQ meme. There's always something that's well, that's never happened before, <laughs> sure. and so I was trying to prepare for that the best I could. And then I also wanted to just go for entertainment over just trying to do the run as fast as possible. And that's where kind of the idea hit me where I said, you know, I can kind of give myself like a bulletproof vest in a way for from this game over. Because, you know, most of the times if you fail, people will just start jumping on you and all that stuff, sure. which, you know, I can handle it. No biggie. But um, I just decided, you know what, let's let's try and make something fun out of that. Should it happen? Yeah. That's actually brilliant. I, I, yeah, I didn't think about that. How like you turned this thing that could be of seen as a negative, and you turned it into almost the highlight of the entire event. <laughs> like I don't want. I, I might be you know exaggerating a little bit, but you know, like I said, there's a post on Reddit. There was someone who like rated all the speed runs, and you were S tier, I think. <laughs> like <laughs> you were at the top of the Those list. Like, yeah, I think I think that the run itself was really really interesting, and you did a great job like explaining what you were doing. Um, and what I wasn't memeing. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> something else I wanted to ask about was you didn't have a couch. You didn't like most speedrunners have someone commentating while you're focusing yep. on the, you know, the mechanics of the game, like, was that your decision or did someone drop out or, or what happened there? Nope. That was all me. Um, sure. So this was the third marathon I've run Turok in. Obviously this is the biggest one, but every time I've ran it in a marathon, you know, I kind of just done it the same way. It's me solo dolo. I've got chat up. I'm kind of just doing it how I do one of my own streams and really, that was just what I felt most comfortable with. Um, you know, it, it's just I didn't want to have a added variable of potentially someone kind of taking things off the rails or taking them somewhere I didn't want to go, even though, you know, anyone with me would have known the game. I would have been a friend I trusted. Sure. But it was really just a comfort thing. That was just how I've done it before. Um, and, and reading chat, that was always going to happen. I yeah. just, you know. I, I, I do remember someone saying, oh, my God, he's actually reading chat. Like, like <laughs> you know, that's that's really impressive. Like, it's impressive enough to speed run a, a whole game, especially a game like Turok. That's so open ended and like it's crazy. You know, you're running around shooting stuff and, and there's so many different strats and stuff. But then it's also impressive to just be a commentator on a game, like having such an in-depth knowledge of the whole game. And then it's, you know, to do both of those things and also read chat is like, is pretty crazy. So kudos to you, yeah. but 
Hey, um, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so moving on, what got you into speed running this game and, or even speed running in general? What, what made you want to join this community? So that is kind of a long answer. Uh, I'll try and condense it. <laughs> um, so I actually found GDQ before I found Twitch. That was in the summer of 2015. I just stumbled across it on YouTube. And then through that, I found all these streamers and different people. And I was like, oh, my God, I have found my people. They are there. They are here. I have found them. Um, and through that, I found a couple of streamers who became, you know, my favorite streamers. Uh, some of them still are, certainly. And I watched a lot of Turok Dinosaur Hunter runs. <laughs> and then flash forward, like, I don't know, a year or so. And one night, me and my buddy Garrett were just hanging out, uh, just chilling on Discord like we are now, uh, having a couple cold beers, uh, waiting to play something. I think he was downloading a game on Steam. So I just popped open Turok and I said, all right, I've seen this speedrun like a thousand times. I just want to see what I can do. And uh, I got all the way through level four, which is basically almost half the game. Wow. <laughs> and so I said, well, shit, I should probably just learn the rest of this. Um, <laughs> And from there, it just kind of became an addiction as I just saw my time getting lower and lower. And pretty soon, you know, I was right up there with world record and I uh, started implementing new strats. So it was just kind of uh, it just kind of all spiraled in, into, into place for me. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, five years. That's that's uh, that's about when I started learning of GDQ as well. I, I That's really interesting to hear you say that you learned about GDQ before Twitch, because for a lot of people, it's the other way around. I remember watching, oh, yeah, Twitch, streams, you know, watching Twitch streams when I was in college and, and thinking I could never do that myself. You know, at that time, you know, only, you know, really entertaining people were, <laughs> were uh, at least popular on Twitch, you know. Uh, yeah, and it was still yeah. kind of a up and coming um, thing. You know, it's not nearly as as accessible as it is now. But yeah, um, and then that's actually how I started streaming. Um Because yeah. I was submitting runs to the leaderboards for Turok, and then uh, my my good friend Leo, aka Growth Kazi, the uh, the Turok Grandmaster, he he mentioned one time when I was watching, and he was like, "Man, Pale, I really wish you would stream your runs." Hmm. So I said, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. And uh, I really liked it. So I just kept kept doing it. Awesome. So was this your first GDQ? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. First GDQ for me. And what was it like working with that organization? Could you spill any tea on like the behind the scenes of that process or? or what oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the craziest thing would be people expect like, to have so much input and so much just resources and, and direction from GDQ, really, there wasn't a whole lot. It was, congratulations, you're accepted. Please join the Discord. We had one tech check. I had a quick talk with my host, uh, Mr. Game and Shout, and then I did the run. Um, really, it's kind of funny how pe people love to make up GDQ as like this I don't know, this organization that just keeps like making things less fun and less fun. When in my experience, that is not the case at all. They were really chill. They were really cool. Uh, you know, it's funny. The first thing I read in, in the Discord was Sumichu saying, and contrary to popular opinion, we like to have fun here. And I can absolutely attest that is true. That is one of the motivations I had to wow. dump Doritos on myself because I said, what the hell? They want us to have fun. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do it. 
Um, so I really have nothing but positive to say about GDQ. They were fantastic. That's that's so good to hear. I, I mean, just from a complete spectator, outsider looking in, they seem like they, especially with the in-person events um, in, the, in the years past, obviously the last two have had to be virtual because of COVID stuff. And that's probably <laughs> one of the big reasons why you were able to do your run, right? Like, would you have considered going to the actual event if they asked you to? Like, Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love to go to a GDQ. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, someone asked me about this in my chat the other day. Um, I, of course, would love to go to a GDQ, and it'd be a great experience, and I'd meet meet a ton of people I've wanted to meet. But doing it from my studio had a lot of advantages. Sure. Um, I was on my own my own hardware with my own mouse and keyboard, so it, I didn't have to worry about adjusting anything like that. I had endless amounts of backup saves. I it, just being in control of the whole environment did have a ton of perks to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say I would. I mean, I think they and you and all of the runners and you did a absolutely wonderful job, really making it feel like a like the in person events. Like it was just ex exciting to watch you guys do your thing. Like I feel like a lot of the runners felt more comfortable for just the reasons you said. You know, they were they could do the run in the pjs if they wanted to you know like yeah no, absolutely uh, um yeah. so i think you know as, as much as you know quarantine and all that stuff sucks you know uh, i think that if there's one organization who's going to be able to power through that it's going to be gdq right uh yeah but, yeah um, and you know it, it it is nice because uh it, it did give access to as if your run got in you you could you could do the run at gdq there weren't any right. external circumstances you know, there's no nightmare scenarios of, oh, shit, the pilot didn't show up and now I can't get to Florida for GDQ. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's that's really neat. We saw a lot, quite a number of international speedrunners that I'm, I'm not used to seeing uh, at GDQ, which was really cool. And I'm sure, you know, it being a virtual event, it was a big reason for that. But yeah, yeah, there, there was a nice uh, spread of runners, yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. So. And yeah, again, shout out to everyone. That, that was such a great event. So, so honored to be a part of it. That's so cool. I, I, I'm just blown away. We talked about this on the podcast last week, but just the fact that this, you know, hobby organization has raised over $27 million in the past 10 years or whatever is just like, it's nothing short of amazing and like uh, a true testament that like, you know, like gaming culture can get a bad rap sometimes, <laughs> you know, but I think, <laughs> yeah, but I think the speed running community especially is one that like, is kind of the exception to that for sure. like i'm sure there's the toxic part of it as well like any oh yeah we have any. drama yeah yeah <laughs> that's gonna drama. be yeah, that's gonna yeah. be true of any hobby but like i just get so i get actually choked up at the end of it every gdq i stay up till 3 a.m to oh, watch man. the end of it the, the outro video yeah get oh it's, it's so um it's really touching just to see and and like the ins throughout the event, there's these incentives, and I'm always thinking like, there's no way they're gonna raise $150,000 in the next hour and a half. Like that's just not gonna happen. Know, and man, then they always do. <laughs> it's just like yeah. really impressive. No, they're, they're really good at what they do. Yeah. They they really set those targets well and yeah. time them well. And yeah, it is impressive how because I agree. I, I saw. I can't remember. There was a glitch exhibition late in this in the most recent marathon, and it was it was pretty big chunk of change. And I, I was thinking, man, I don't know, this is going to be tricky. But of yeah. course, they hit it. And 
everyone had the the event they're not of course the event but that uh that that showcase that everyone wanted yeah yeah it's really cool but i'm sure that's part of um you know why the gdq might have the reputation for like you were talking about um, a little uptightness or or you would think that like such a big or such a large organization that can raise that much money you'd think that they would have all these people trying to control everything and like you know a, a, a good amount of overhead but it sounds like they do everything they can to kind of keep it loose keep it fun and, and just make sure all yeah. that money is actually going towards the the causes that they want it to go towards yeah i mean you know when you're raising 2.5 million dollars twice a year yeah. you're gonna have to take it seriously yeah but that's that's a pretty big deal so the fact that uh, i think they do balance it well with given the stakes of this you know they do raise a lot of money for really good causes yeah. and at the same time they also keep it i think really fun and uh, i i really still enjoy it i don't think a lot of people like to complain that like oh it's sub only chat now but it's you know they kind of have to do that yeah seriously with how big it's gone yeah. it's grown so much since i started watching it's it's really cool to see but um yeah. yeah so i also joined your discord and i thought it was really endearing how with so many people from all over the world are in there posting memes and cracking jokes and kind of you know also just supporting each other can you speak to the importance of community and speedrunning and what you've done to help foster that? Oh yeah, certainly. So I mean, taking just a step back from myself, the the Turok speedrun community, which is you know just one small corner in the large speedrun community, I have made so many great friends there. Have had so many positive experiences. Um, you know, we'll get you know some people will come in stream saying, hey, you know, I was having a tough month last month, but I've really enjoyed the Turok streams. You guys, you know, you guys always pick me up. And really, that's what it's about. That's that's why I stream. That's why I'm part of my those communities. Um, I just like spreading, you know, the positive vibes, bro. <laughs> and uh, and the Discord, it was just kind of a natural extension of that. Um, I think it's pretty common for most Twitch streamers to have their own Discord server, and you know, it's it's a good thing because I think I'm streaming well when. I'm talking about one topic and my chat are interacting with me and each other on the same topic. It's not me talking to five different people in chat about five different things and they're not talking to each other. I, I know I'm doing well when everyone's on the same page and conversing, getting along. So the, the, the Discord is just to have that available 24-7. Yeah, great. Yeah, I think that's uh, <laughs> that's something that is is really interesting to me. and. Um, it's it's one of the reasons why I got into board game too. Honestly, like when you were talking earlier about how when you first discovered speedrunning, you were like, "Oh, this is it! I found my people." I I have exactly those same feelings. Like literally, word for word, I've said that about board gaming. When I when I moved to Indianapolis and I got involved with board gaming out here and went to my first Gen Con, I was like, "I've finally found my people." You know, <laughs> like. That's awesome, dude. Um, and, and, awesome. and you think of video game most people think of video games as as a pretty solitary experience right um and like oh yeah tra traditionally I mean, at least you know like traditionally you know and your parents or whatever think that like you're just sitting there by yourself oh, yeah. not very social right but but it's yeah, kind of such know, a... even, in, even in multiplayer games yeah. a lot of times <laughs> the stereotype is oh you're just cursing at other people you're, yeah. not, you're not actually interacting with them <laughs> right right yeah and and i think that that's what i love about 
speedrunning and, and about streamer community as well is that they really um it's really it's grown to be more than that it's grown to be about this idea of like of family and camaraderie and family and camaraderie with these people that you don't know um but uh yeah, yeah it's yeah it's really cool it's too. i kind of caught some shit for that one time because i was because of how I phrased it, I said, yeah, you know, the Turok speedrun community, it's not just like a side effect anymore. And everyone was like, oh, geez, thanks, thanks, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not what I meant, it's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah it kind of is cool how, you know, I, I kind of, you know, you go in with the task in mind, the speedrun of the board game, but then you make all these friends and you're just like, well, this actually worked out really well. This yeah. is sweet. That's awesome. That's really cool. So uh, kind of, Related to that, do you have any advice to people who are interested in watching more speedruns or even getting into it themselves and being a part of these communities? Like, what what would you say to anybody who's interested in that? I mean, if you have any interest, do it. I mean, I'm I'm living proof. Like I said, I I watched GDQ for the first time in 2015, and I just ran out of GDQ last week. I I didn't see it coming. How I got there was I started playing Turok when I was drunk one night. <laughs> So, um, you know, if, if there's if there's a speed run you really like or a game that you think you can play a lot or, or you're just interested in getting into that side of things, uh, just go for it. You'll find you'll find communities that will help you. Uh, it, there's a speed run. There, there's a speed run for every game, obviously. And there's a pretty big community for most games, especially if you're going for like a primary franchise like Mario or Resident Evil or something like that. So, yeah, just go for it. Sure. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Like you just have to do, right. It's like kind of the Nike thing. Like you just have to like, not just talk about it and, and get, and just actually do it. And I think going yeah. back to the community thing, um, I think, you know, people at bring it back to bring it back to board games, which I always tend to do on this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I talk about my board game and my passion for them and people are like, wow, I didn't even know there was this whole world. And like, how do you, how did you hear about all these different games and stuff? And I go back to like, well, you know, my first thing I did was I joined the board game subreddit and then I started, you know, listening to board game podcasts. And then I started, you know, like you just fall down this rabbit hole of, oh, yeah. of different communities and you'd be surprised with how nice people are out there and like how much when someone's passionate about something they want to spread that passion with anybody oh, they yeah. can right absolutely and um, there's so much out there you, like you said there's reddit there's people making content for it on youtube you'll yeah. find discord communities there there's so many ways to to digest or ingest digest whatever the correct word is yeah um, um, the content or the game or whatever you're trying to get into. It's, it's, we live in the best time for that, really. Right. And that's kind of something that made me want to start this podcast and the stretch and the Twitch channel. You know, I knew that this wasn't going to bring in a big amount of money or anything, you know, like my, my odds of make, of getting this to be to the point where I could be like financially stable with it or something like the odds are pretty slim. Um, but really yeah. why I'm creating this content and why I'm doing this, all this stuff is because I want to build a community around that stuff. And if you have that like mindset of like, I just want to reach people and like help people when they have bad days, like you were talking about, or just like, you know, share in this, this hobby that I really enjoy. It's like, that's when things can become successful as you know, oh, absolutely. You're, you're living proof of that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think we're coming to the end of this uh, interview. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you, what is your all-time favorite video game? 
So, man, I don't know if I have an all-time favorite game. I have I have many that were influential and came into my life at different parts of my life. So when I was early high school, I played a lot of Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. Fantastic game. I still think it's the best Elder Scrolls game. Uh, into high school, you know, uh, into high school, I think everyone played Halo 3 or Halo 2 and 3 online. And it's still some of my favorite gaming memories and just memories in general are playing Halo online with, 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 uh, with the homies. Uh, an extension of that was also the Call of Duty 4. The, the first Modern Warfare and also Left 4 Dead. So I, I had great experiences with those. And those are really the first ones that come to my mind, even though I wouldn't say they're my favorite game all time. Those are the games that uh, I had the most fun with and uh, had the biggest impact on my life. Yeah, great. There's no there's honestly no wrong answer. <laughs> I, uh, you know, if someone asked me what my favorite board game is, I would have a similar answer of like, well, I don't have just have one. That's like, say, you know, what's your favorite book you know or like you know like yeah. uh, surprisingly i do have a favorite book series. oh well, there you go <laughs> yeah well you can you mention that what's your favorite book series uh stormlight archive okay i haven't heard of that i'll have to check that out for sure it, it's great if you like high fantasy it's it's okay. fantastic For fourth book came out a couple months ago awesome well i asked about your favorite video game slash games now i have to ask about what your favorite board games are do you even play any board games are you familiar with the uh the modern the modern board gaming scene modern board games no yeah. uh, obviously i grew up you know playing playing risk or, or playing stratego stuff like that but i i haven't played any recently but i will say over the last month i am developing a small obsession with chess mm, sure uh the the classic board game i guess yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the true OG board game, so that that's the one that uh, has been grabbing me. Lately. Yeah, that blew up on Twitch around that time too. Like I think around yeah. when the Queen's Gambit came out, uh, you know, we talked about that on the podcast. You know, like it really gave a lot of good press to chess, and and streamers started playing it online. There's a lot of really good online platforms to play chess on, yeah. and and it's uh, it's with you know, it's been around for as long as it has because it's such a, a classic. When I was younger, I was in chess club and stuff, and that's really how I nice. I, I kind of uh, got into gaming. But um, yeah, so uh, I mean, chess is great because you know you take someone from eighteen fifteen and you're lining up across from them, you're playing the same game. Yeah, like some of the strategies may have changed since then and developed, but it's just it's so pure. It, sure. It's just it's been the same game for so long. Yeah, I have this huge fascination with like the the russians especially during like the ussr and like how they just dominated the chess world and like why that is and like i just think that's so cool i don't know it's an interesting story yeah yeah yeah. but um yeah so uh all that to say like ever since i've gotten into board gaming i always think about like what a gdq version of board gaming could look like do you have any ideas on that or or can can you speak to that at all okay so I don't know how you could do it quickly. I don't know how you could do it in that setting. But I think a board game marathon could actually be very viable, especially since we're all getting more and more comfortable with this remote set, uh, remote setting and just remote communication and remote everything. I really think you could say, you know, we're going to get these four players who are really good at this game, and then we'll stream them playing it. And then after 
into this game with these two really good players or, you know, however many players. And I really think you actually could put a marathon together in that yeah, setting. Sure. Uh, like I said, I don't know. I don't know how you'd speed run it. Right. <laughs> but right. I think I that's. That's, could get a competitive marathon yeah that's certainly. a really good idea and it's actually something that um i actually have some friends who are board game streamers um their 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 twitch or twitch handle is meeple grand if you want to go check them out but they're actually doing a 24-hour gaming marathon tomorrow um oh, where they're going to be playing a bunch of different board games on stream it, it, you'd be surprised with like and that's one of the reasons why i've been thinking about this so much is like Board, the board game Twitch community is actually growing pretty rapidly. Whenever I'm playing board games on Twitch, I'll have like randos that are, are that have come on and 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 say hi and like ask about the game I'm playing and stuff. And I, that's something that I've been really impressed with. The the way I got to my 50 followers mark to become affiliated was one of the most popular board game streamers out there uh, raided me at you know I I. I <laughs> I, it was a funny story. I got done with my stream for the night and I was just looking at other streamers. And I popped onto their stream and they were, look, they were finishing up their stream and they were looking for someone to raid. And I was like, I'll hop back online if you want me to, if you're, you know, they couldn't find anyone to. So I was like, I'll just hop back on. And they were like, yeah, go for it. And I just got a bunch of people to follow me through that. So yeah. They're, Dude, awesome, man. Yeah. They're, well they're that's, that's how you play it. I right. Love it. <laughs> There's like, like we were talking about for for the speedrunning community, I think the board the board gaming community, especially the Twitch board game community, is in kind of a similar boat where, um, just there's so much love, everybody's vibing, and and, and you know we're all passionate about the same kind of things, so it's it's pretty cool. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see a lot of similarities there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's what makes me like really want to wish it was possible to do something like gdq but the thing that you have with gdq that's really tough to emulate in board games is that excitement of how like the whole idea like the reason it's quick right and if you take that out of true, if you true. take out out of the equation it's i don't think it's nearly as effective and so um yeah like you know there is like speed chess you know like you know oh yeah those one minute clock games yeah, yeah those are crazy yeah. yeah so so you know maybe we find games like that and we just kind of uh i think what it has to what where it really has to start is we need to get like an official if we do find uh you know board games that are played that way where there is a time limit and you're trying to play it uh you know at a certain time whatever um mm -hmm. we need to get leaderboards that's something that speedrunners do really well is like have these official leaderboards with with official categories that uh, yeah yeah really interesting to watch yeah you do have a good point it would be nice to have a metric or a theme to kind of tie them all together yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think that's that's a good observation cool well thank you so much pale for joining it was so great to talk to you uh it was really interesting to learn some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, where can people follow you? You can find me at twitch.tv slash pale2. Two is in the number. I appreciate you having me. And anytime you want me back, I'll be right here for you. Awesome. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did recording it. Pale is a great guy. His stream is awesome and so much fun. And like I said, his Discord community is great. Uh, if you're interested at all, uh, go follow him and, and learn more about... Uh, ADDQ. I'm going to put links to his Twitch channel and ADDQ 
clips on the episode show notes for this podcast episode. You can find that at virtuallyanalog.info. Please, please, please go and share the show as much as you can. Uh, Using that URL, you can find past episodes of the podcast. You can find uh, VODs on YouTube, all of our social media, uh, our Discord community. Everything is on that, virtuallyanalog.info. Next week, Matthew and I will be back to our regular format, and I will see you guys then. 